them and he will sustain and uphold you. He will never allow the righteous to fail. God is glad to carry your burdens and give you the strength you need. So there's enough grace from, from God's throne to cope with the heartaches and the distractions and the difficulties of life. And so I'm going to ask you just to turn your attention to Jesus as we sing and worship him.
blessed every Sunday to be here. And I'm honored to share a little bit of my heart with you this morning. For those of you who don't know, our five-year-old son, when he was born, he had a heart condition and he had to have open heart surgery at four months old. And I can honestly tell you that that was the most trying time of my life. And every year we have to do routine testing and that happened to be this past week. And my wonderful husband always comes with me because at this age I physically can't handle Elijah anymore. And the night before we were talking about what we were gonna do and I promised him donuts and donuts fix everything. And he was awesome, he was ready to go until we walked into the room. And Josh scooped him up on his lap and he lost it. Elijah just started screaming and crying. Josh started crying. And in that moment, he said something that hit me. He yelled out, I don't wanna do this today. In that moment, the only thing I could think of to offer him was the very first Bible verse I ever taught him. And it's in Psalms and it's really simple. And it says, be brave, be strong. Don't give up, expect God to get here soon. My most favorite part of that verse is the expectation. When we expect something to happen, we don't expect it lightly. We expect it with boldness, with bravery and with strength. And one of the most amazing things my mother ever taught me is that we can go before the throne of God with that boldness and with that strength and we can ask him for the most audacious things. It may not even make sense, but we can ask him for it. And I don't know what season of life that you're going through right now. Maybe it's hard. Maybe you're crying a lot because you don't understand where he's going, why he's taking you there, the why period. But I promise you this, that his timing is perfect. He knows exactly what he's doing and we can go before him and ask bravely and with strength. And I encourage you this morning to surrender whatever it is that's going on in your life before him because my friends, he is the only one that can heal it and fix it and do it all. Amen. Peace. 
Amen. You may be seated, please. This morning, we'd like to have a, a baby dedication. You know, God has just been bringing so many young families to the church, and with young families come new babies. And so we're thanking God for that. So this morning, I'm going to ask Leah and Bobby Crafton to come forward. Bobby's up here today playing bass. All right, so Leah, if they would bring up Ezra Robert Crafton. I think we have his picture on the screen back there. Ezra Robert Crafton, any acuity? He was born on April the 5th, 2018. So uh, we're, we're so thankful for all that God has done in your lives, guys, and to bless you with this child that God has given you, little Ezra. Boy's eyes are wide open. Look at him, huh? God bless you guys, Bobby. We, we congratulate you, Leah. God bless you. What a wonderful gift from God that you have here. And uh, as, as, we, as you come to dedicate a baby today, really what we're doing is we're dedicating you as parents. We're saying, look, we're going to dedicate you to raise this child to honor and love the Lord. And you are coming as did, uh, as did Hannah did in the Old Testament when she brought her son Samuel to the Lord. Hannah could not have a baby. And uh, she prayed and prayed. And as a matter of fact, she went and she prayed to the Lord. Then the priest in the temple thought that she was drunk. And so she came and uh, she kept begging, asking the Lord for a baby. And then God gave her a child. And she said, as long as I live, I, I will give this child. Lord, if you'll give me this child, I'll give him back to you. So she brought him to the temple and presented him before the Lord. Said, as long as he is alive, he is your servant. And so today, that's what you're wanting to do today, is you want to come and bring your baby and dedicate him before the Lord. We're so glad that your parents are here with you this morning. Uh, if you guys would just stand, we just want to welcome you, both sides of your family here. All right, let's, we want to welcome proud grandparents and family today. Thank you. We're so glad that you're here today. This, you may be seated. We're so glad that you're here to support them. And I know that your support is way beyond today. Uh, you folks come from churches I know that love the Lord. You're, you're following Christ. And I know that you'll be supporting them as they raise their children to honor the Lord. So we thank you so much for being here today for this great deal. Um, you know, the scripture says this in Jeremiah 1.5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And so today, I want you to think about this with, with your little baby. That was, those were the words that the Lord gave directly to Jeremiah. And, but I want you to know that that is true, that before Ezra was born, he knew the time and the day. He knew when God would trust you with a baby. And that is so powerful that God would entrust you to be a steward of, of this life, to honor him, honor God and raise this child to live for God. And so today we'd like to give you a gift this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Luke to come up and he's going to share with you a gift that we'd like to give to, uh, when we dedicate our babies. Dude, you are a stud. Bobby, Leah, Bobby, it's been, dude, I've known you for over a year, year and a half, so, and Leah, getting, getting to know you, we're just so thankful you guys are in our church, and so I'm doing a poor job at filling in for Courtney, but these marbles represent the time from when a child is born until they graduate high school. For some of you, it's like, ooh-wee, and so I just want to give this to you guys as a way for you to put them in a jar, and as the weeks go on, to, to take a marble out, and there's special marbles that represent baptism, and, you know, just really special mile markers in, in Ezra's life, and what's so cool about this is, you know, we, we have precious time with our kids. 
And so this is just a challenge as we, as we look to raise up our kids to know Jesus and to follow him is to say, okay, I have a, just a really creative, subtle reminder of that. And so as we pray for you guys, we're just excited to see how God will use those marbles to just bless your family. So we just love you guys. Just love you guys. We want to we make a visual representation. They take these marbles. There's 930-some marbles. That's one for every week till this baby comes out of high school. So it's hard to imagine that that's going to happen. But let me tell you, it happens. My kids are out setting up the picnic today. That's what happens. So they grow up and they start helping out in the church. And so we're, we're just so thankful for, for this opportunity. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So I'm just going to ask you two to join hands. And I'm just going to lay hands. And if you'll put your hand on his shoulder, would you join me, church, as we pray together and dedicate Ezra to the Lord. Father God, we come before you, Lord. And we thank you for the opportunity to be stewards in our church of young families, Lord. We don't take this lightly. We have people downstairs that are prepared to serve and care for their babies, to teach them from the very first time that they can speak, to be able to speak your words, to speak love into them of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for Bobby and Leah as they, they take, take their baby and raise little Ezra to honor you, Lord. We just pray that, uh, that there will be a day, one day, Lord, when he grows to be of age, Lord, that he opens his heart to Jesus. And he trusts you, Lord. God, we, we know that, uh, that today these parents are dedicated to that task. And we're dedicating them as a church, Lord. We dedicate little Ezra to you. And we look forward to that day whenever he opens his heart to Jesus Christ personally. And becomes, uh, becomes part of your family. But until then, Lord, we are going to continue to love him. We're going to care for him. We're going to nurture him. We're going to provide the environment. But, Lord, you'll do the work, and we thank you for that. So, God, work in, the, work in a mighty way today, and we ask uh, your blessing upon the Crafton family. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's give our God a hand. Amen. Man, it's, uh, it's, hard, uh, it's hard to pick up after that, people. <laughs> can't, get, can't get better than that, you know? Can we just give, give them one more hand? Just thank God for the Crafton family. Yep. So just a few few things to highlight this morning. One is if you pass the friendship folders, we appreciate that. And two, uh, we are really excited about our church picnic today. If you look in your bulletin, there's a big... Uh, big uh, flyer in there and there's more information about the picnic but there's a couple things is it starts at 1 30 with the softball game we will eat at three and uh, George Cheplick has donated a, uh, a pig and so we're gonna have pig roast there'll be hot dogs I think the pig has kielbasa in it and it's yeah it's, we're gonna eat like kings and queens it's gonna be great um, my encouragement to you is to bring a pill, uh, pillow don't bring a pillow don't sleep <laughs> don't sleep at the picnic come on bring a chair bring a blanket something to to sit on um, we're, we're expecting a lot of people to show up and really excited about that uh, there'll be hot dogs for the kids as well bring a side and a dessert to share and so please bring those things and so we make sure we have enough food for everybody and we're really excited to just just hang out as a church to be a family and uh, i know there's some fun games at four o'clock so 1 30 is the softball game three o'clock we're going to eat four o'clock there'll be games for the families and for the kids and there's a park and there's a softball field and yeah we're just going to have a lot of fun so that's at elm grove park and all the information is in your bulletin and so we're really really excited about that one more thing is this week uh, we have the global leadership summit on august 9 and 10 it's thursday and friday any any questions any thoughts or you know concerns or anything you guys we can answer that please email and call into the office we're really excited about a week uh, just a really two days of just solid leadership development for for anybody 
And we believe that as when the leader gets better, everybody gets better. And so there's a discount for our church attenders. So please let us know if you have questions about that. August 12th, next Sunday, is going to be the Christmas Dessert Theater uh, interest meeting right after the second service. And so if you're interested in that, whether you can paint or act, uh, we can use you. And God uses these events to save people. We just saw a little little girl a couple weekends ago get baptized, and she got saved at the dessert theater. So we're really excited how God's going to use this year, and we're just we're excited about how Beth DePietro and her team is going to lead this. We're super excited. So lots of stuff going on, people. Uh, can't we just thank God again for all the great things happening here at Crossroads? Yep. like to ask the ushers to come forward for our morning offering. And if you are brand new with us, we just want to say we're really glad that you're here. Um, you're not here by just random reason. You're here for a purpose, and we believe that. And so as you see the plate pass by, feel free to participate. Also know that one way you can participate is you can write a prayer request on the connection card in front of you, and you could drop it into the plate or the offering box as you leave. But this is for those who are regular in the grace of giving, and we give to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's why we give. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we love you. And, and, and we just think about from when we started this morning, we turned our eyes to you. And then God, through testimony, we hear about how you are changing lives. Where God, you are not removing the valleys and the significant bumps and bruises and just ugliness of the sinful world we live in, God, that you are helping us get through it that you are showing your faithfulness day in and day out, even when we are not faithful. And so, God, we uh, just think about even just the songs that we sing. God, we are, we are so excited at just knowing that you are moving and that you are involved and that you are king. And so, Jesus, we make you the priority. And now, after we just sang some songs and we're going to sing again, God, we are, we are giving now to see lives changed by you in only the way that you can change. You meet us where we're at, you flip our lives upside down, and you give us a purpose and a life that only can be found in Jesus Christ. So we give now to see Finleyville change, our city of Pittsburgh, and our country that we live in. We want to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we get the opportunity to sing, praise the Lord in different ways sometimes. And so I'm excited to sing the simple truth that we are our father's own so would you learn the song with me and sing
God, you're good. We can we can see just a glimpse how we'll have a seat right next to you in, in heaven. Father, that you have a place for us. We love you. We thank you. Open our eyes and our ears. Soften our hearts as we hear your word. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I let go and I let love show me you glad to be here this morning? Somebody else is glad to be there too. They're all over the place. Let's give God a hand. We're thankful for all that God's doing in our church. This morning I'd like to, uh, we're going to start a a new series entitled The Bucket List. And uh, as we start that, I want you to make on your bucket list going to the picnic today, all right? It's going to be great. George Sheplick pig roast is always good. If you've never had one, you don't understand. He stuffs the pig with kibasi, folks. You've got to be there, all right? So anyhow, moving forward, all right? It's going to be a great day. We're going to have a fantastic time out there. Come and go as you please throughout the day. Um, the, the bucket list. You know, as you start thinking about a bucket list, what is your bucket list? Do you have a bucket list? Uh, you know, there was a movie. I really wasn't familiar with a bucket list until, uh, until the movie came out and it had Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman in it. Remember, it was entitled The Bucket List. And uh, these was about a story about two guys that had been diagnosed with terminal cancer, and uh, they they became they got together by you know just a a, a a way of destiny so to speak, and uh, they're they're very different guys, but they came together and they had some common passions uh, that they wanted to do before they died, before they kicked the bucket, right? So before they died, there was a few things on their bucket list that they wanted to do, and a few of those things were skydiving, uh, going to climb pyramids, uh, going to drive race cars, and they thought that they could do all kinds of things. They had all kinds of other things that they wanted to do in this kind of humorous movie. But I was just thinking about, you know, a a bucket list. What what kind of bucket list do you have? And so we threw that on Facebook, and we asked our people, "What's, what's on your bucket list? And I have to share with you some of the things that are on the bucket list that we heard from some of our people. These are people who walk down the halls of church. I want to just let you know this before I read you some of their bucket list, all right? Uh, th- this one is, this one's kind of caught me off guard. It says, I want to be a pierogi and run the pierogi race at a pirate game. <laughs> but I'd settle for just being a pierogi, all right? So 
I said I'd settle for a plate of pierogies. I'll, I'll settle easily out of court, right? Uh, visit and meet all the sponsored kids. I'd like to visit and meet all the kids that were sponsored. Uh, their family sponsors kids through Compassion International. They'd like to go overseas and meet the kids that they're, that they're sponsoring. Uh, visit every Disney park in the world, every worldwide Disney park. I was like, whoa, that's pretty good. I'll be happy with going to the Florida one. Uh, swim with the dolphins. Who wouldn't want to swim with dolphins, right? They're just so beautiful. Now, the next one really caught me off guard because I, I didn't even know this was possible, and I, I'm not sure why it would be on your list. Swim with the pigs in the Bahamas. So I'll take the Bahamas part, but swim with the pigs. God bless you. you know? Anybody else want to swim with the pigs? You, okay, I'm glad there's a few of you that know what that means. All right, I don't even understand that. 19, the, another person said, I'd like to get a 1978 Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am. I can relate to that one, right? Uh, a, a missions trip to India. I'd like to see the Eiffel Tower. I'd like to go skydiving. That was by my own daughter. She put that on her. Chris said she'd like, to, she'd like to go skydiving. And so we're sitting at the table yesterday at our house, and, and Rhonda says, yeah, I'd like to go skydiving too. I said, well, go ahead. I'll see you guys later. Let me know how it goes, all right? I have no desire to skydive. I, have, I barely have a desire to get on a plane to get to Florida, yet alone jump out of a plane, right? But everybody has something different. You look at your bucket list and you start making your list. You start drawing. You say, man, before I die, here's a few things that I want to do. And so I want you to think today about a bucket list, not so much of skydiving and swimming with pigs. And I think those are all fun. God's given everybody different gifts and passions and likes and dislikes. So, you know, if, uh, if, if that's you, I, I think it's fun. Uh, you, should, you should do some of those things. But we're talking today, as we're talking about a bucket list, I want us to be thinking more about like what God is going to put in your bucket because here's what happens. When we think of a bucket, we think of me. Have you noticed that? I want to go here. I want to do this. I, I, I. And that's all cool. It's kind of a humorous thing, right? But when we get down to it, if you want to really be happy, your bucket list will not be about things that you can put in your bucket, but it will be about things that you can pour out of your bucket. See, because God is going to fill your life. He wants to fill your life. John 10.10, we shared this verse a few weeks ago. Jesus said, he said that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life. So the whole thing is about life. He says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. So when we're thinking about a bucket list, I want you to think, you know, your God is a great God. Your God is a wonderful God. He has so many good things in store for you. And he, and he wants to do great, mighty things in your life. And, and it's going to be by him filling your bucket. And as he fills it, he wants you to pour it out. And you'll find real joy. He says those, one of the, this is an interesting statement that Jesus said. He said that those who will lose their life for my name's sake will find it. He wasn't talking about martyrdom. He was talking about not getting your, not getting your fill by trying to fill your own bucket. He says those who will, who will come after me, those who will pour their bucket out for me, those are the ones that will find their life. And so as we empty ourselves, God fills us. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in the bucket list. I'm going to encourage you over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to be doing a study here, and we're going to look at several things that I think that God is writing on your bucket list. He's the author of life. All life comes from him. And, and so today, as we think about all life coming from him, I want you to look at this passage in Isaiah 55. 
So if God has the bucket list, if, if he has your life and he has something that he wants you to do, he has a plan for your life. Now, read what he says here. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. In other words, you have a plan for your life. You want to do something. You set out and you chart to do something. Over in Proverbs 16, 7, uh, the scripture tells us that a man makes his ways, makes his plans, but God directs his path. In other words, we are supposed to go out and plan. We are supposed to go out and, 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 and try to uh, be stewards and do the best that we can with our life, right? That's, God wants you to be a proper steward. But he says, he's, notice here, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So, so check this out. I'm thinking, you know, when I was a younger man, I shared with you before, I thought that I'd be a missionary in Haiti. And so I was excited about that. I kind of thought, wow, this is where God's taken me. And I had all this glamorous of being a missionary. And then, you know, well, maybe not Haiti, maybe somewhere else or wherever. And I had all this glamour. And then God said, Ken, you're going to be a missionary to Finleyville. And you're like, what happened to Haiti? I had this sense of adventure. I wanted to go around the world. I wanted to, I wanted to you know, I, I wanted to do some of that stuff. You know, last week when you saw Scott Phillips here, wasn't that powerful, our missionary, last week? Going to Indonesia. He goes to the jungles in Indonesia. Going to the tribal people. And as he goes in there, you know, God had a plan to take him there. And as I'm watching that, I'm saying, wait a minute. That's on my bucket list. I would love to go visit that tribe, wouldn't you? If you saw the tribe from last week on the video, it was just absolutely amazing. If you missed last week, go home and watch it online. A powerful, powerful time we had here. Uh, and so I'm thinking, man, that's what I'd like for my, for my ways. But God says, wait a minute. Hey, I've got your life figured out. As high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He says, I've got this figured out. You can plan all you want, and you should, but at the end, God wants you to understand that he has something higher. He has something more. And you say, well, wait a minute. You wanted to go, you wanted to go down to be a missionary overseas, and now you're a missionary in Finleyville, Right? And I tell you that there's no, nothing less to what I do than what Scott Phillips does. And there's nothing less of what you do than what Scott Phillips does. You see, because God has called each one of us to a path and to a plan. And as you're living and you're working out this path and the plan, he says, my ways are higher, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so you're doing what God's uh, 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 called you to do. And as, as you're out there, understand that God has a dimension that you can't even see. There's something that's happening in your life right now that you can't even, you can't even comprehend what's happening. Because God is working behind the scenes. And it's constantly, he's always working over and over and over behind the scenes. God is working because he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My plans are higher than your plans. I look at verse 10 as we continue. He says here, he says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the, sow for the sower and the bread and for the eater. Verse 11 says, continues on, says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So God says, listen, let me tell you a little bit about my words. 
He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And he says, now let me tell you about my words. My words will never return void. They will never come back empty. So in other words, here's what I want you to think about this morning. Here's your bucket. God says, I want to fill your bucket. And let me tell you what you want to fill your bucket with. Here it is, right here. This is, God's given you all the advice that you ever need right here. He's given you all the wisdom that you ever need. You know, practically every situation that you'll run into, you can find the book of Proverbs. There's just wisdom on top of wisdom on top of wisdom. And God says, you, you can come here and you can take this wisdom and you can apply it to your life and you can go out and you can live this life and, and enjoy this life. And, and God has great plans for your life. But he says, look, my word will not return. Look at this. My word will accomplish what I desire. It will not come back void. It will not come back empty. It will achieve what I am trying to do. So if we take God's word and we place it into our life, he says that his word will grow in our life. And in your bucket, you want to place the word of God. You want to place Jesus and let him grow in there. And as, as you get into know and grow in the, in the things of God, he keeps developing and growing and changing your character. Now check this out. He goes through all that. And then verse 12, look at this. He says, you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. Wow. He's using a figure of speech here, folks. Trees don't clap. But he's saying, look, all of creation will rejoice. All of creation will rejoice at my word. You want something that's going to guide your life? You won't find it in your own wisdom. You won't find it in making your own bucket list. Oh, sure, go skydive and put that on there. I do some of those things. Please don't skydive. Maybe take that one off the record, right? Do something a little bit safer, you know? Go eat kielbasa at the picnic. That's a little bit more like it, right? But, but do some of those things. That's okay. But you know what? God's got something far deeper. And so what I want to challenge you with this is this thought. What if God is writing your bucket list? What if God wrote a bucket list for you? He, he says, you know, as long as you're here on earth, here's some things I want you to do. And before you leave this earth, I want you to accomplish these things. What if? What if God wrote your bucket list? Is it possible that God has a plan? We know that he has a plan. Is there something that he wants you to do that he wants you to accomplish before you leave? If we go to Psalm chapter 90, you'll see in Psalm chapter 90, it says that our days are numbered of the Lord. Teach us to do what is right with them. Teach us, teach us to manage our days is what he says, all right? Psalm chapter 90. So as you, as you go through and you, and you do that, I want you to understand that God knows the last day and I believe that he has things that he wants you to do. He has, they're, 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 not, they're not random happenstance and, and, and chance. God has meetings he wants you to be. He wants, you know, he has people he wants you to talk to. There are people at your work that he, he wants you to talk to. There are neighbors that he wants you to talk to. Uh, back to Scott Phillips last week. You know, Scott Phillips shared about how when he went into the jungle in, into Indonesia, that, uh, that, this, that a guy moved in. He, he moved in, he set up shop, and a guy moved in right next to him. 
And, and it's like people that normally, these people were kind of nomadic. They kind of move all around. But the guy moved in and stayed there. And he asked him one day, he said, why, why, why did you move right next door to me? He said, because we had a dream. And that dream was that one day a tall, pale-skinned man would come to us and tell us some great message. So I'm here to find out what that message is. And my father before me had that message. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm pinching myself. I'm saying, how powerful is that? But you know that God is placing things in people's hearts who are moving right next to you? You don't have to go to Indonesia to find it. There are people that God has placed in the cubicle right next to you at work tomorrow morning that he wants you to speak a kind word to, and he wants you to be their friend. He wants you to know their name. He wants you to pray for them. And he has it on, God has on your bucket list to minister to your neighbor. God's moving people all over the place. And you think it's random that somebody moves in as your neighbor next door? Think it's random that you walk in the door here this morning? It, none of these things are random. God has a plan. He has a purpose. And, he said, and, and it's part of what God's doing. He has something that he wants you to accomplish. Now, I shared, uh, I shared about Hal and Nancy Brining. You know, Hal and Nancy are good people in our church. They've been coming for a number of years. And uh, Hal is 75 years old. And he, is, he and his wife were in a car accident about 10 days ago. It was, it was a horrific car accident right here coming out of the Boyka plan. And uh, he came out, uh, he was coming out, and he was turning left to go towards Monongahela, and he was T-boned. And, uh, and he got hit pretty hard. And, uh, and they had to cut both him and Nancy out of the car. And, uh, and so th- th- this was like really, really tough. And so, th- I mean, he, they both go to the hospital, two different ambulances, Hal goes to Mon Valley, and then he ends up going to uh, a personal care home to recover for, it was nearly 10 days he was there. And then, um, and I, I heard he just got released last night to go home. And then uh, also Nancy, she had a heart condition to begin with, so she was in coronary care, and, and she was, she's still in Mon Valley Hospital, and, and uh, they're, they're, they're trying to get her back to the point where they can send her home as well. But I went up and I sat with Hal, and Hal said, man, I just don't understand. I'm 75, what's God doing to me? And I said to Hal, I said, let me tell you. God's not doing anything to you. God has a plan for your life. And he's like, really, how do you know that? I said, because you're still here. Do you know God could have taken him right home at that moment? I told him, Hal, you're making the guardian angels work overtime, you know? Those guardian angels are tired from you, Hal. You're, you're pushing the limit here, you know? I said, but God said, you're sticking around here. I'm, I'm, I've got a plan for you. He goes, well, I got these broken ribs, and, and we had this great discussion. I said, look, I don't know what it is, but I know there's somebody God wants to use you to encourage, to talk to, to befriend, to point to Jesus. And so let's just hold that up high as we move forward. And so I want to encourage you to, in, your, in your walk with God to understand that God has a plan. And God, you know, as far as a bucket list goes, God is writing it. Uh, you know, and I guarantee you what God writes on his bucket list will be far greater than anything that you ever could imagine. Far greater than, than, than skydiving. Far greater than all those things. He's got something. And when you, when you fulfill God's purpose in your life, Wow, it, it, it's absolutely, it, it just changes your life. And you have this sense of fulfillment because of who he is. So, so the things that God wants you to do before you leave this earth, uh, uh, you know, what, what is it that he wants you to do? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. 
says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, I want you to catch this because we're, we're going to be spending some time in this chapter. Romans chapter 12 is really God's bucket list. I mean, you're going to see all kinds of things in Romans chapter 12 that God has for you, God wants you to do, and, and you're, it's going to be inspiring. It could be absolutely life transformation as you go through and you begin to discover God's plan and purpose for your life. So as we look here and we go through there, that, that's, that's what I want to encourage you to, uh, to do here today is be thinking about that. Your homework assignment this week is to go home and read Romans chapter 12. I want you to read it. Read it every day this week and come back next week and you'll be, you'll be ahead of the game. You'll, you'll kind of know where we're going and you'll, you'll be able to look and say, wow, this is what God is doing in my life and let God speak into you. Um, you know, he says here, first of all, he says, he says, therefore, I urge you. When you see the word therefore, now remember, always ask, what's it there for? All right? That's just a little, little, little deep Bible study tool I learned. When it says therefore, ask yourself, what's it there for? All right? So he says, therefore, based on Romans chapter 1 through 11. Based on the fact of Romans chapter 1 through 11, that, and, and what, he, what he said in Romans 1 through 11 was powerful. He goes through and he gives some incredible doctrine. The book of Romans was written to the Roman people. They didn't have a, a background of faith. They didn't have a background of the Old Testament. And so he gives them, he gives them the doctrines. And it, it's rich with doctrine, rich with teaching. And so we see in there, first of all, he talks about man's sin. He says that we are sinners and our sin, all, everybody's a sinner. There's none righteous, no, not one. And he says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. He says that the wages of sin is death. All right, so we get what we deserve. We're separated from God forever and ever. He says, however, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the gift of God. So, I, I, you know, he's saying, therefore, and he, he talks about the grace of God. He, he, I mean, it's just so rich and powerful. Go, you know, you want to have some fun, read Romans 1 through 11 over and over and over. And you'll just get the doctrine. You'll get the, you'll get the gospel of Jesus right there. He says, therefore, based upon the gospel, I urge you, I beg you, I beg you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, that you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your spiritual act of worship. He says, I want you to offer your bodies. He continues on in verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, so he says here, he says, I want you to offer your bodies. And I want you to think about this because what is God interested in my body for? I'm a middle-aged, balding man. What does God need a middle-aged, balding body for, right? Uh, yeah, some of you say, well, my body's too big. My body's too small, too skinny, you know. I, 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 I go to the too big size. Other people say, well, you know, if I don't exercise enough, I'll be too skinny. I'm like... You know, and if I don't walk up steps, I won't make it, all right? It's just like we all have these different things. So what does God need your body? What's he talking about your body? I want you to understand something. Right now, you cannot separate in this room your mind from your body from your soul. You are one package. 
When you get up and go to work tomorrow, not only do you take your body, but you take your mind, you take your soul, you take your spirit. You are going to work as one complete person. So when he says present your bodies, they were familiar. In, you know, in the Old Testament, they would sacrifice, right? They would sacrifice a, an animal on the altar. God's not looking for a martyr. He's looking for something alive. And you see the difference? Jesus paid the price. His body was slain once and for all forever. So he doesn't want us to offer our bodies as a sacrifice for sin, Jesus did that. Jesus was the sacrifice for sin once for all forever. He wants you to come and bring your body, your mind, your soul, everything about you. And he wants you to come and he wants you to give it to him. And, and, and you know, as a matter of fact, the only way that our, our bodies are an acceptable, you know, it says this is your pleasing act of worship, holy and pleasing to him. The only way that it's acceptable to God is through Jesus. 1 Peter 2.5 says that we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. So the only way that we can offer anything to God is through Christ Jesus. So he says to come, this is not through your perfection, this is not from, from your performance. He says to come and offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Your body was given to you to make visible the beauty of Christ. And so... That's, that's part of our mission. We're out here to let people know about Jesus. We, we are made in the image and the likeness of God. So we get to go out and we get to reflect his glory. But he says, I want your body and I want it to be a living body. Give your living body a living sacrifice. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And there's the third, the third deal. He says, I want it to be Holy. So I'm thinking, all right, God, how can I present myself as a holy sacrifice if I have sin? How can I be a living holy sacrifice if I'm sin? And I want to, a couple things here. Number one, the word holy means to be set apart, okay? Uh, and God is holy. He is set apart. He is sinless. So when we think of holiness, we automatically go to sinlessness, right? So we will not be sinless. We will not be, uh, you know, perfect. God is not looking for perfect people. He didn't make any perfect people. He knows that we are fallen. So therefore, when we come to him, we're a living sacrifice. So how are we holy? Let me show you this here. Romans 6.13 says this. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought forth from death to life. And offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. Now check this out. He says, you have parts of your body, right? We're talking about giving ourselves as a living sacrifice. Do not offer any part of yourself as an instrument of wickedness. Rather, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Do not offer any part as sin, as an instrument of wickedness. I, I want you to check this out. The, 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 these hands. These hands can be used to glorify God, and they can be used to sin. Let me give you an example. If I come in this morning, I see you in the hallway, I extend my hand, I shake your hand, I say, hey, welcome, we're glad that you're here today, right? I've used my hand for God's glory. I can take that hand, I can turn around, I can punch somebody, Right? I can get pretty tough. I can, I can hurt somebody, right? Let me give you another example. You take these hands and you go out and you drive. And you're driving the road, you're going down, and then somebody cuts you off. 
And all of a sudden, these hands can become sign language. Okay? No. Do you see what I'm saying? He says, don't offer your parts of your body as sin. What do you do when somebody cuts you off? Well, you just say, hi. Jesus loves you. You know? It's like, uh, you know, you, you, you want to respond. Uh, how about your mouth? He says, take your mouth. You realize I can say words that will uplift and encourage, or I can say words that will tear you down. I can remind you of every negative thing that's ever happened, or I can build you up in praise and tell you of the good plans that God has for your life. You see the difference? I can take my mouth and I can curse. I can have the mouth... Uh, that, that would just curse and, and just, just light up a storm of cursing. Or I can have a mouth that lights up praise. I can have a mouth that carries really good, and I can have a mouth that carries gossip. I have feet. These feet take this body, mind, and soul everywhere that it needs to go. And I can take these feet. These feet can take me into places that are great, like this morning. We're here and we're worshiping the Lord. And, and it's like we're responding to the Lord. I can take these feet and I can, I can ta- they, they'll take me to worship. Or I can take these feet later on today and go places that I'd be ashamed of tomorrow. Don't offer your feet as instruments of sin. Don't offer your mouth as instruments of sin. Don't offer your mind. God give us a responsibility. He wants us to live as a living sacrifice. That means going to work tomorrow. He, wants you, he says this is your reasonable act of worship. Folks, worship in church is the smallest part of your worship life. I want you to understand that. 15, 20 minutes of song time is nothing. I love what we're doing song-wise. We're bringing, we're lifting up God. It's so incredible. It, it's just wonderful. But let me tell you, tomorrow morning, you're probably not singing at 9.30 in your cubicle you're probably going to be worshiping God by honoring him. He says, whatever you do, do it all to my glory. Everything. And just a couple verses here from Hebrews. Hebrews says this. Hebrews says, uh, through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. There's the mouth. Let's continually offer this up. So throughout your day tomorrow, you're going to be able to see God. You're going to see bad things that are happening at work. You're going to see good things that are happening at work. And to be able to acknowledge God, to be able to hand him your temper, to be able to hand him your emotions, to be able to hand him your mouth and let him guide your tongue to become praise to him, to honor him. You know, when when we become negative and we're down and we're talking down all the time, what we've done is we've forgotten who God is. We've said God's not in charge and that God should somehow have met my standard. And so tomorrow at work, God wants you to come up to his standard. He wants you to present your mouth as a living sacrifice to him and, 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 and every part of your body so that as you're working, as you're doing what God's called you to do tomorrow, that you are honoring him and praising him. And it, that is far more than what could ever be done in a church service. Uh, Hebrews 13, 6 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. He wants us to worship God. He says, the first thing on your bucket list, folks, is to worship God. He wants you to give your life to him. 
He wants you to give it to him. He's in complete control. He says, trust me. I've got this under control. Trust me. Give me your life. You know, the word worship comes from this concept of worth-ship. Uh, it's an old English word, worth-ship. And so you, you come back and you, and you look and you say, okay, it's, you see the idea of worthiness. He is worthy. And so God wants us to place him at the number one position of worth, not your career, not your family, not your bank account, not all these other things that can, that can, that can cause things to to, to distract. Your focus, now check this out as we close here today. What you worship will determine the direction of your life. What you worship will determine the direction of your life. If you come and you worship your bank account, guess what? Your whole life's going to be over that bank account. You'll, you'll lose your mind when it's low, and you'll be happy when it's high, and then you'll lose it when it's low, and then you'll ride this wave all your life. If you're, if you're worshiping your career, as long as you're climbing the success ladder, you'll, you'll always be happy, and then whenever things go bad, it'll be bad. If you're worshiping your family, as long as everybody's happy and there's no arguments, and you see, what happens if we worship the wrong things? You say, well, I've never prayed to my career. I've never prayed to my boss. I've never prayed to my bank account. You don't have to pray to it. It's got your attention. And so if you come and you place your attention and your affection on these things, God says, no, 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 I want to be number one. You can have a bank account. You can have a career. You have all these things. Put them in the right order. He says, but I want to be number one, and I want to be that living sacrifice. Let's close today in prayer. As we close in prayer today, I want, I want to ask you, have you placed God at the number one spot? Have you allowed him? Have you allowed him to be Number one, do you worship him? Have you given your body as a living sacrifice, your bucket list? The very first thing is to, is to honor him. And so this morning, maybe you haven't opened your heart yet to trust Christ. I want to invite you to trust Jesus as your personal savior. That's where it all begins. You start with the relationship. Give your life to Christ. Start right there. And so if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor Ken, I need to do that. I need to open my heart to Christ. I want to invite you to do that. Just pray something like this to God. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things and I'm in need of a Savior. But Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And I invite you into my life right now. And for others in this room, maybe you need to come back and rededicate your life to God. You need to give God that mouth. Oh, that mouth has got us in trouble. You need to give those hands to God. You need to give those eyes to God. You need to give those feet to God and say, Lord, I don't want to use any of this as an instrument of sin. I want to be an instrument of your grace. Father God, be with your people as they respond to your goodness. You're a great God. You are so worthy to be praised. Now would you stand and respond with the opportunity to praise the Lord?